Well, she was. So Sophia went to main event with her class, and she got very excited because they were playing laser tag. Okay. And she's seven, right? Sure. And so her and her best friends were split up. And already at seven, mm. they made the pact of, if you don't shoot me, I won't shoot you. And it was. And they broke that pact? And they immediately broke that pact, sure. apparently. Yeah. 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 Nice. It was quite the controversy. <laughs> it was, the Bowser house was rife with, uh, you know, histories of treaties and everything else sure. that was happening sure. last night. It was great. Yeah. You know, better to learn this at that age. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the the don't you... shoot me, I won't shoot you pact. <laughs> Never works is, out. Is null and void the That's moment right. signed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Never trust a foreign power. That's what we <laughs> Isolationism forever. That's what Sophia learned last night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast where we are exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff with me as always. Pastor Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Cassandra Nagel. Hello. Exciting news. Dun, da, da, da. Everything, everywhere, all at once, one best picture. Oh, that is, that's what we're talking about? <laughs> it did. Oh, he got me to dun, da, da, da for the wrong thing. That's <laughs> so, so disappointing. It, it swept. Five out of six major categories. Yeah. Saying, so. it won, it's, it's I thought it won deal. seven out of 11, right? Well, but of the major, Five out of six major, major yeah. categories. Oh, okay. Right. And, and the only one it didn't win, it was not nominated. Has any movie ever won all six of those major categories? Um. Yes. Yeah? Uh, Sounds of the Lambs. Oh, okay. So. Six for six. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. No, no. Tons of Lambs did not win all six. It won the big, the big five. Big five. So you just said there were six. You said five of six. Well, I'm very confused. Okay. Like there's screenplay, uh-huh. picture, uh-huh. director, and uh, four acting awards. So actually seven. So it's very confusing. So it won. It won six out of seven. Okay. So. Well, good job. Yeah. Way to go. Everything, everywhere. But all even at once. more important, Cassandra Nagel. Uh, got called to be our associate pastor. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Scratch that interim off the business cards. I know. I'm yeah. so excited. Have you, you said yes. We assume. Yeah, I, I did. I did say yes. <laughs> well, look, In yes. fact, as of release date, she's on vacation until before she uh, officially starts. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you gotta you gotta leave, then you come back and start. Yes. Yeah. And do the same thing you were doing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do people keep looking at me like that's confusing? This makes sure, complete sure, sure, sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. We'll have to do a prank on you while you're gone on your oh, office. There you go. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just won't come back. <laughs> I don't mm. like surprises. Let's not do that. Let's not just not come back. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, we are in spring break right now. Yeah. Our well, school is. Schools yeah. are. We're not. That, yeah, We're work doesn't take spring breaks. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Somebody had the audacity to put spring break right in the middle of Lent. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> One jerk. <laughs> One jerk put it here. <laughs> yeah. Spring break should take place not in the spring. Right? <laughs> yeah. Put it somewhere else, clearly. <laughs> yeah. So we're no vacation in Lent. Come on, this is we're supposed to be sad. You can't be vacationing, having parties at on the World. beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't be sad at Disney World. <laughs> can't be appropriately penitent at Universal Studios. I mean, what if you gave up sugar and then you can't eat churros at Disney oh, World? Man. Yeah. Are churros? What you, you go to Disney at World? Yeah. They're apparently very good. Oh, yeah. I mean, at I like, Epcot, the Epcot. I've never churros? had a bad churro. To be, I've heard they're honest, so. they're one of the items you're supposed to try. An Epcot yeah. churro. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the word on the street. You try the Epcot churro. Yeah. Have you tried an Epcot churro? No. Okay, <laughs> not personal experience. No, okay. I haven't been. To I've Disney not been World to Epcot since I was like ten. I've been. There. I went to Magic Kingdom more recently, but I've not been to Epcot. Mm. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But you didn't get a churro either. Don't remember getting one. Okay, listeners, if you're out there, if you've had an Epcot churro, if you're listening, if it, if it changed your life, if you're walking around Epcot right now, oh yeah, do it. Go get a churro. With headphones in. Go 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 get yourself and then, a churro, and then let them li- let the churro people listen to this and say, "Hey, yeah. Beyond Sunday three a shout out." Now send them some free churros. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Disney, for That's the right. Beyond Sunday bump. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mickey Mouse. If, no, when, when you welcome, see when you see that attendance take a, a little bit of an uptick, That's right. You know where to, you know where it came from. When one more person comes <laughs> in to buy that churro, you're welcome. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, before we talk about some the state of theology, oh, uh, we got some food. Some food related news. Do you like ice cream? Uh yes. Do you have a favorite flavor? Yes. What's your favorite flavor? Well, it depends on the brand. Ugh. You can't say yes and then not have a favorite flavor. I, could, I do, but it depends on the brand. But what is it? Just well, what's your favorite flavor? So if it's Bluebell, then it's that Cookie Two Step, I think is what it's called, but it has cookie dough in uh, Oreo or in uh, cookies and cream ice cream, okay. which is delightful. It's very good. If it's Graters, which is the ice cream of my home country, uh-huh. that is <laughs> Ohio, <laughs> uh, Graters is amazing and anything with their chocolate chips in it, but particularly their chocolate chip cookie dough is excellent because their chocolate chips are like massive chunks of really good ganache chocolate and it's fabulous okay because andrew do you have a favorite ice cream flavor no i do and, does yours and have you like already a, know does yours have a ton of asterisks attached to it like no asterisks there are two flavors yeah, that was like, way too complicated yeah, my favorite complicated. ice cream flavor is strawberry which we've already discussed patrick you think is a terrible decision graders so. has an excellent strawberry i chip know ice cream. i I know. Well, I only had plain strawberry. So their strawberry when I went in July. Yeah. Well, their strawberry chip is only seasonal, but it's coming up like a uh, March through June. I think is when that's seasonally, and, and but it's very good. I don't like chocolate in my ice cream. Oh well, okay. Because then, then it's all hard. And well, then ugh. you get the strawberry chip and give me all your chocolate. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That sounds strawberry more complicated than just getting strawberry and otherwise known chip. as the ice cream in the Neapolitan that's left. <laughs> See, that's the only flavor I would eat. <laughs> yeah, because that's the one that's left. Because everybody else ate the chocolate and the vanilla. I think strawberry is a fine Patrick, choice. Patrick, what's your Andrew. favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, cookies and cream or mint chocolate chip? I don't, you know, both yeah. equal. So, uh, but maybe this Cer- certain mint chocolate chips are fine. Maybe this might um, might draw you in here. I'm already in. I'm German <laughs> ice cream parlor offers cricket flavored ice cream. Oh, cool! You're weirdly intrigued. By I'm this. intrigued <laughs> because when I lived in Seattle, the big thing at the baseball stadium was to get fried crickets. So I'm imagining putting fried crickets of on top was of cricket selling ice fried cream. Crickets that was like their specialty team. snack. Were yeah. they actual crickets? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This wasn't like fried and fried salted. crickets was like a no, okay. no, like the actual bugs. Like just deep fried or just like live crickets tossed in the fryer. I, I, I don't know. Did you eat them? No, because it was during COVID, so they weren't available when I was going to games. Well, but because the crickets were going to pass COVID, what does it go Did they have other snacks or just they not did. crickets? Yeah, they did. Well, they had hot dogs okay, and popcorn wait. and So they had other stuff, snacks, but, but they said, no, no, no. So COVID, they only, we can't so they sell, only sell the crickets in certain locations. In and I couldn't find it. Yeah, so I went to a couple of baseball games when I lived in Seattle, but sure. I couldn't find it. And so my theory is that because of COVID, they weren't handing out. But why would they have stopped selling crickets but kept selling other food? I'm imagining because selling crickets isn't as lucrative as selling a hot dog. So even maybe, post they COVID. maybe they couldn't staff it. Yeah. Maybe, so okay. I'm wondering right. it. Yeah. So it's not like a COVID protocol. I'd rather have the mystery. Well, meat you than know, the if known you, insect. Well, I'm just thinking, like, if you're coming back from COVID, you can finally have people in the audience. And the first thing they want. The first thing that, you, that comes back is not going to be crickets, right? Your, your best selling items are going to come back, which is probably the, the popcorn sp- and the hot dog. If it's the Seattle specialty, I feel like they should live into it. This is, if sure. this is the weirdos that Seattle's going to be, they should yeah. just embrace it. I want to be like the fish market here, where they're throwing the crickets around yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier to you've got to catch it in your mouth from across yeah. the stadium it hops and you gotta yeah. like yeah. open it open wide yeah. all right so cricket flavored ice cream yes. now with fried crickets uh on sprinkled top? on top yeah. Yeah. Um, from from thomas michelonio's and i'm definitely not pronouncing it right uh his store in it's germany german okay yeah, yeah. uh he says i'm a very curious person i wanted to try everything i've eaten a lot of things including a lot of strange things and crickets were something i still wanted to try also in the form of ice cream I can think like I would be willing to try a cricket. I've eaten like, a cricket. Why am I putting it in ice cream? 
Yeah, I know, that's the question. Why is this in yeah. the form of ice cream? Yeah. How, that, how did they make it? Did they like into grind ice it up cream? into a yeah. powder or they're like chunks of cricket? Because yeah, chunks like of it, cricket in my ice cream is going to freak me out. Well, I, I mean, I like, is it just, like a vanilla yes. ice cream with cricket chunks? I don't want to find like just a leg or a head like sticking out of my ice cream. Or like, maybe they like boiled the crickets and then steeped the crickets into like the mm, milk that yeah. they used. So it's like to the make, essence of cricket. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh, the cricket. I have the answers for you. Okay. So we've got lots of theories. It is made, the ice cream is made with cricket flour so this is ground, okay, ground crickets into the heavy cream vanilla extract and honey and he tops it Ooh. with dried whole crickets nice okay so the cricket flour becomes the flavoring and and the thickening agent yes. for the the ice cream but okay. there's also vanilla and honey so i bet it's very nice it's, yeah. it's like a like a sweet ha- earthy taste still has crickets on top of it yeah, uh, topped <laughs> with jimmy's top jimmy's jimmy jiminy crickets, crickets. <laughs> yeah is that yours or is that from That's the mine. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's jiminy's not jimmy's yeah <laughs> I would try this. You want to go to Germany to try this? Yeah. Uh, it has a surprisingly yummy taste. That's his words. You know, we're gonna <laughs> but I guess if you're selling it, you're like, you know what? Worst, Christ, worst ice cream in the world. <laughs> do not try do this. Do not come by this. <laughs> Maybe they sell it in the Frankfurt airport. I've got a layover on my way to Israel in oh, Frankfurt. Yeah, maybe I go. can stop by and get some Germany ice maybe. cream. Yeah, maybe. Ask for the cricket ice cream. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just maybe go they'll give through. it to you on the plane. I'll just go walking through the airport. Does anyone here sell cricket ice cream? Ich bin ein cricket. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means. It? They, they know what you're talking They'll about. They'll get it. They know. Uh, we got some reviews here. Okay. From other than the creator? Uh, from other than the creator. Okay. Uh, one of the reviews is, yes, it is really very tasty and edible. Oh, my. That's a, a raving review. Is this a German reviewer? <laughs> this is a German reviewer. Yeah, okay. And edible. It's, I mean, I don't know if having to... Should be a given. It's yeah. edible. It is. And if you have tasty. to say that it's edible, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a great yeah. sign. Maybe that's just a matter of like how the German people as a people communicate with the world around. Maybe sure. it's... Uh, it's edible. It's not edible. Yeah. It's like, yes, this mm-hmm. is edible. You can eat this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's like the way of saying it's mediocre, right? Mm, it's, it could be. Like yeah. it's a statement of fact. It is edible. Yeah. It is edible. I ate it. I mean, a lot of things you could eat, yeah. so... Theoretically, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not gonna kill you. Another reviewer, you can still sense the cricket in the ice cream. That makes it worse. I don't <laughs> want that. I don't want that. You want to sense the cricket? Nope. Yeah, yeah. I have eaten crickets before. You have? I have. Where? Um, they were dried. Like somebody brought them back from somewhere. I ate one. You know, it's nice. Fine. One of uh, Cassandra's first children's sermons here at Lord of Life, she gave our kids chocolate-covered ants. Yeah, I well, wanted to do chocolate-covered to- crickets. Yeah, you told them it was chocolate-covered ants. I told them it was chocolate-covered ants, but it was raisins. Yeah. Chocolate-covered raisins. Mm. Yeah. The kids were not So it was a raisinette. It. Yeah. It was raisinettes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Not a great candy. No. Not, no. I had a lot of leftovers. Nobody was here saying this was the best candy. However, I it, wanted to buy actual chocolate covered crickets. Yeah. So that was my project that week was to find Go some. To Germany. But they were like seventy five dollars for mm. a bag. I mean, it was it was out of my budget to, for a children's sermon. For a children's <laughs> sermon <laughs> sure, to sure. try to bribe children to eat a yeah. bug. And I yeah. thought, well, if someone's like somewhat allergic to a cricket, and I give them this, it's yeah, I don't think you know you're, to just you give know, them a raisin. You don't know you're allergic yeah. to a cricket. Until None you of us know it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I didn't. But. I didn't do the cricket test. You know? <laughs> I didn't really want a child to start eating one and then to spit it out. That you seems, know, in the yeah. middle of church, mm, so. spitting yeah. out seems highly probable. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not edible. Yeah, <laughs> I can still sense the cricket. It is not delicious. I could sense the cricket. It is not edible. All right, there you go. Cricket fed ice cream. Are any of our German travelers? Let us know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's called uh, Iscafe Reno. Damn. All right, that was a very Italian flair on what I'm thinking is a German name, but I liked it. Reno as an R E N O. 
R I N O. R I N O. Rhino. Sure. Why not? Right, let's get to our I main topic tonight. Go, what do you have, Sandra? I was going to say, I was thinking of Reno, Nevada. Maybe. And then I was thinking, is that Cricket, Nevada? But if it's with an I, then never mind. I don't think it's Cricket, Nevada. <laughs> I don't think it is either. No, but nor <laughs> Reno, Nevada. <laughs> 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 no connection to Nevada. <laughs> uh, the so state. if they were going to sell Cricket ice cream, it would be in Reno. I'm just, yeah. All right. We are at the stateoftheology.com. Oh, okay. okay so not to be confused with the city, county, federal government. Yeah. Yes. The state. Or, or country. Yeah. yeah. It's not that big. It's, it's big, but not that big. Right. Yes. Medium size. Yeah. <laughs> Just the state of theology. Uh, so this is, I guess, it's polling. They're doing polls. Okay. Um, and I, So the state of theology is a, an organization. Uh, presumably. Okay. And they've done polling. <laughs> Uh, where where, where does American Christianity, you know, where's it now in 2023? Where do we stand? Where okay. do we stand? What do we believe about God? And they are an evangelical organization. Okay. So we're going to get a lot of like, this is what general and also what evangelicals say. Okay. And uh, I, I think we talked about this before. Mainline Christians aren't quite as like united as evangelicals are in a sense. Sure. And we're also not as fun. Like, I'm going to be honest. I like us more, but we're not as wacky. Those are our wacky neighbors, right? They're always doing wacky stuff. Wacky is an interesting way to think of our evangelical <laughs> brethren. It's a <laughs> yeah, there are there are crazy uncles, you know. That's what I think about them. Yeah, yeah, there are some who I would say are pushing the boundaries of crazy uncle into uh, yeah, look, look abusive look. neighbors and whatnot. But that's <laughs> look, that's their crazy uncle. They show up at Thanksgiving. They're gonna say banana things. <laughs> you might leave laughing. You might leave in the middle of dinner, but it's, it's gonna, gonna be interesting. That's for sure. That's okay? fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so that's what they're, uh, you know, mainline, mainline, Christ, mainline, you know, Christians are just not as, they're yeah. not as united and, and not as, not as bizarre. Your, ev- your evangelicals are going to be the ones boasting about cricket ice cream. And we're going to say, yeah, we'll stick with vanilla. Yeah. Are they, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Mainline Christianity is more vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a Neapolitan. We might get a little chocolate and strawberry in there. <laughs> sure. That's sure. going wild for mainline <laughs> Christianity. <laughs> All right, so um, they have a couple of questions here. We'll talk about these questions. We'll talk about kind of their responses and things like that. They offer like this is true or false. I don't care what they say. Uh, but we'll say what we say. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. Here is what is good and right to believe. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, God learns and adapts to different circumstances, and you can uh, basically, you know, agree, somewhat agree, neutral, somewhat disagree. Disagree. Those okay. are, you know, that's their, their God range. learns and adapts uh-huh. to different circumstances. Learns and adapts to different circumstances. God does God learn and adapt? I don't know how we're defining learn and adapt. Like I've never thought, I've never like thought about this. Yeah. I mean, because this is different than the question of like, does God change or does God change God's mind? Mm-hmm. Does God learn? If you yeah. are, if you're all knowing, how can you learn? Sure. And adapt, like, adapt um, to me implies, like, well, I handle different situations differently, which I, I do think God handles different situations differently, which is why some people die of cancer and some people are healed of cancer, right? Because yeah. different situations have different outcomes. So that to me is adaptation to a, a situation, but I don't know. I don't, I don't like the question. I reject the question on premise. Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> so the response, you neutral. their response. Okay, I'm neutral. Their response immediately is false. Scripture makes clear that God does not change. That's their Which the word change isn't it's, in the prompt. Yeah, the, right? word, yeah so, the word change is very different than learn and adapt. Yeah. yeah. So, so I would agree tricky. that God doesn't change. So we're clear. Let's talk about the results here. Um, 51% of U.S. adults would agree with that statement. 
God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Okay. And thirty two percent disagree, and then you've got the remainder in the middle, like Pastor David. I th- <laughs> see that in the flood story. I, I think, think there are right. examples of uh, new covenant, old covenant. Right? Yeah, like, I mean yeah. there are, there are yeah. examples of where covenants have been made, where what happened in the past is not happening again. I think yeah. that can be a, a source of an adaptation. I would I would be open to conversation about like I'm not going to be a hardliner saying God doesn't learn and adapt. Yeah. I would just. I, yeah, if you if the question is God is not learn or adapt, and then you're basing your answer off of a word that was not in the prompt. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I guess my thought is like, when we say that God learns and adapts, does that imply that the new learning, you know, like the new learning is showing us that what God was doing before was wrong mm. or bad, right? I think that's sure. where you know, if if you're learning, you know, how to not hit your sibling. Right then, hitting your sibling, hitting your bad. sibling is the bad thing. So, right, are, is there an implicit understanding that learning and adapting implies that what you were doing before that knowledge or change happened? Mm-hmm. You know, does that mean that it was bad? Yeah, because that would be a, something that would be difficult to wrestle with, right? Or maybe like, God is just learning how depraved humans can really be. Sure. Like every time humans hit a bottom, God's like, "Oh man, they went lower." Okay, this sure. has got this has got to be the bottom, we can right? Keep, we can keep going. Lower. No, you got you got. Don't oh, you worry. Wow, they did it yeah. again. Okay. We can <laughs> betray each other. That's right. And yeah. laser tag. That's right. <laughs> God <laughs> is having like they put crickets in ice, ice cream. cream? Oh, There's so many flavors. <laughs> <laughs> and you did that. <laughs> Why do you need a cricket one? <laughs> Would I not have given you every flavor if you had only trusted me? <laughs> no, you trusted in your own wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, interesting question. Uh, All right, what do we got next? The evangelicals, uh, by the way, uh, about about the same as U.S. adults. Forty eight percent agree, forty three percent disagree. Oh, so, so a lot of evangelicals think this is true too. Yeah, so even le- though their answer is false, a okay. little less in the in the middle. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Are we born innocent? Ooh, what would Martin Luther say, Pastor David? Well, Martin Luther would say that we're born into a world of sin, but he wouldn't say that you are born sinful. Yeah. So a Lu- I think a Lutheran answer, I don't know. I think a Lutheran answer would be that, yes, we are born innocent, but we're born into a world of sin. Yeah. Uh, so 71% agree, 21% disagree. So yeah, the problem with disagreeing is, I mean, then you're basically, you're coming back to the doctrine of original sin and saying, yeah. well, you know, you are sinful from birth because by existing in this world, you are sinful. And that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see ways in which like our sinful nature plays out even amongst infants yeah. right um there i mean if you think about a lot of our sin is re- rooted in our own greed and self-satisfaction like what is an infant except someone who's greedy and trying to self-satisfy like for their own survival admittedly sure. yeah. but i mean that in some ways is emblematic of the our sin that we're wrestling with so for me the act of being born does not cause you to be sinful but you are born into a sinful world and sin affects you yeah e- even as an infant yeah, this um, obviously leads to some interesting questions, you know, theologically. Uh, what do we do when, um, if you're born innocent, at what point do you become not innocent, right? Mm. Like, at, at what level of like, well, now now you did it. You hit the time mark and <laughs> yeah, now you're... <laughs> either by time or by action, yeah. you're now longer not innocent. And what happens one second before and one second after, you know, like, you know. Well, there used to be a teaching within the Catholic Church of like the age of innocence. I don't remember what it was. There's an age of accountability, right? Yeah. But so I think it's like eight. Yeah, yeah, and if you're under that, you're in the age of innocence. And you're like, good. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but you well, can't be held responsible. Well, it's in the Church of Christ as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's twelve in the Church of Christ. Okay. Yeah, where you like become an adult, and once you're, once men hit age twelve, 
they no longer can be taught by women, right? Like they've officially become an adult. They've reached the state of maturity so and things like that. So Maybe this, that's different. Yeah, it would be about. a little, I mean, I hear what you're saying, uh, but this would be a little bit different in that. Like once you're this age of accountability, your sins matter, right? Like, yeah. so okay. before this age, you don't have to go to confession, like, because you, you're learning, right? You don't know the difference between right and wrong. And so mm-hmm. oh. like, you, you know, you're corrected and you learn, but you don't have to, go through all that because you also it's i think it's before you take your first communion and all that. so maybe it's first communion maybe that's when they do yeah. the age of accountability thing but essentially at some point now you know and you should know better and mm. so now you have to like go through confession and all this stuff yeah yeah i don't know if that's still a official teaching but i remember sure. hearing about uh, that I, I mean age of accountability i know is a teaching of many faiths out sure there. yeah um i this one is tough for me personally because like i don't like to wrestle with the idea of like, at what point are you no longer innocent? Yeah. You know, like just so when did my kid become a little brat? Yeah. Cause I mean like, Yesterday, I remember by the way, like my, <laughs> when my, when Timmy was in child, it was in daycare, one of our daycare facilities and he's like two mm-hmm. and like, we have to deal with like a kid who's biting him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like that is not, learned behavior right mm-hmm. like yeah. like the kid is not like oh mom bit me at home we somehow yeah. somehow i gotta do that to other kids like but what is that is that yeah. you know p- unpent up you know is that natural exploratory demon possession you know sure probably <laughs> so in it seems me, like the most logical way. for me personally i like i would instead of wrestling this question i like to movies like humanity as a whole and that includes little babies you know stands you know, apart from God and yeah. we need a Jesus to bridge the gap, including with little babies. Right. You know, like that it, it, for me, that's an easier thing to wrestle with of like, we all have a problem mm-hmm. versus most of us have a problem. And yeah. One day you will. Like, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we, I, I don't argue at all that we all have a problem. Yeah. The question would just be like, is that problem because we're born? Yeah. Or is that problem because we live in a world that is full yeah. of sin? I, see, I'm hearing it's yeah. like humanity. It's humanity's yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, it makes me think too about like, when you know babies are dying and Mm -hmm. like happens a lot in cat you know in catholicism but like you know administering baptism right like Mm -hmm. the sacraments become extremely important even for for a baby right and so you acknowledge your sinfulness right through baptism right Mm -hmm. even for a baby that's days minutes Mm -hmm. old um well and i think in that tough difficult situation of the theology what do we do with babies who die you know Mm -hmm. do they just Mm -hmm. get Fast track to heaven is there a waiting period? I think that's a, you know a limbo was the original mm-hmm. Catholic theology about it, or you know what does that look like? For me, I would rather be like I trust in God's mercy mm-hmm. way more than I trust in humanity's innocence mm-hmm. on any level. Yeah, so yeah. like I would yeah. rather point to that. Yeah, all right, I'm with you. I'm down. Uh, evangelicals mostly agree. Sixty five percent agree. Thirty two percent disagree. I'm not so, surprised. Yeah. yeah. Does church membership matter? Ooh, I liked this one. Does church membership matter? Okay, and then the, the statement here, this is what you're agreeing or disagreeing to. That's, okay. that's the heading. Okay. Every Christian has an obligation to mm. join a local church. There's some definitely some language in yeah, there, right? There yes. Is. Oof. Yes. Oof. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, I think that church membership matters. I well, think okay. being a part well, of let's, a th- let's I go with the statement. I know. I'm yeah. just saying I think that faith matters, but saying that every Christian has an obligation to join a local church, I would be leaning towards no on. Yeah. Cuz one, I don't think it would be a hard no, but I would be leaning, leaning towards no. Cuz we acknowledge there's definitely some outliers of like there are p- pockets and places where the people who live there don't have a ton of options mm-hmm. yeah. on their local churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and if all their local churches are bad, yeah. 
you know, objectively bad. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I want to be clear as someone who makes their living running a church with other people. Like, right. I, I think people should be a part of church. I think that matters. I think that yeah. gathering together in community for worship matters. But I also don't think it's an obligation. As soon as we try to say it's an obligation, then we're doing the same thing that the Pharisees did to Jesus when yeah. Jesus would heal people on the Sabbath, right? They're mm-hmm. like, this is an obligation and you're breaking. God's like, or Jesus is like, but I'm revealing God's kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. stop doing that on the Sabbath. It's an obligation, right? And so, yeah, that gets us into trouble. Yeah, I'm thinking about like the young gay person who doesn't have a who doesn't have a church to go to. Can we pause for just a second? <laughs> what just happened? So we have we have an extra set of headphones <laughs> on here. Don't point it out. I want to know what happened here. We had an extra set of headphones here that are here for when we have a fourth guest. And I'm not. Did you just take them off and put them back in the exact? No. Same so they were they were twisted around, and so this strap was around the main part of the microphone and so okay. i un- right. i untangled it and replaced it here all right well back to the it was bothering me and i wanted sure, it to sure. be fine well before done. i yeah. finished my thoughts so what i was the, going to say back so to I was the young gay about, christian yeah. okay so i'm thinking about the young gay christian who um as we were saying earlier like maybe doesn't feel comfortable sure in a church home doesn't have, right doesn't have a church so home like welcome. Yeah. if if you are like wrestling with your relationship with God with, you know, you want to be part of a church community. And like, if I hear this, right, every Christian has an obligation that to me says, if I'm not part of a local church, if I'm not part of a church, then I'm not going to heaven. Like, or I don't love God enough or God doesn't love me. Right. Like if God loved me, why, why didn't God provide a local church for me that Mm -hmm. I can go to? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's all sorts Mm -hmm. of ways you can go with it. So I'm wondering about what are the implications of this obligation, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't think the state of theology.com is that concerned about the plight <laughs> of the young gay Christian. No, I know. I know they're not, but, but, uh, yeah. And that's they why should we be. are, right? We yeah. are, yeah. we are concerned about that. But, um, so this is when we have our first real divergence. Oh, um, so for them, um, uh, 36% agree. Our U S adults agree with every Christian has an obligation, but 56% disagree. So they're on the, no, that's not an obligation. Yeah. But for the evangelicals, it is majorly flipped. 68% agree oh. to 26% disagree. I'm shocked that it's only 68% within the evangelical community. That, so this that is, feels low to me. So this is what's interesting. Their statement says this is true, right? Uh-huh. So it's true that every Christian has an obligation to join a local church. And then it says this. While the New Testament does not explicitly command right. church so, membership. So it's not. <laughs> that Christian responsibility is clearly assumed throughout its pages. So when we make an assumption, then there's an obligation, right? Sure. That, that's like me right. saying, well, uh, based on this, I'm going to assume that I, you know, am so I guess what's to interesting to me right? is that th- in their explanation, they're saying that it's not an right. Like it's yeah. not explicitly commanded, but then every Christian has an obligation. So yeah. I, anyway, and we're going to choose to ignore the things that are explicitly commanded. Is that the, <laughs> yes, I well, think so. <laughs> I don't know. The ones that would make my life harder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that one's inconvenient. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's do it. Uh, the I Bible, pro Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. Ooh, helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. Yeah, uh, I disagree with that statement. You, what, what part do you disagree with? I, most of it. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll read it to you. Yeah, the Bible, like all sacred writings, contains. Okay, hold on. I agree with sacred writings. Okay, contains Good. helpful accounts of ancient myths. Agreed, but is not literally true. Okay, so as a whole, this is the this is a statement. Yeah, this is a terrible statement. By it way. is. It's awful. Like yeah. I think. Okay, so we before these are loaded statements. Pre-podcast, we were talking a little bit about the difference between truth and fact, and. 
I think one of the things that's helpful here is like, I think there's truth throughout scripture. I don't know that the Bible is filled with historical fact because I don't think that's its purpose. Uh So I don't know where that puts me on their little scale, but that's what I think about the Bible. Yeah. Well, and I think there definitely are things that I believe are fact. Sure. Contained within the Bible. Yeah. But saying like it is not literally true would implies I'm not sure any of it is literally true. And that's not. Ah. And I, I disagree with that. Yeah. But I also would disagree with you. Like it is literally true. I'm like, well, I don't agree with that either. Yeah. So like, yeah. there's you know. not a good way to be in. This. So I guess neutral because it's a bad question. Am I yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. This is hard because I mean, I, there are, I mean, there are folks who, who say like, you know, there are certain miracles that we believe, you know, Jesus literally performed. Right. You know, sure. but then there are others that are miracles that are more metaphorical. Right. Like some people believe that mm. the feeding mm-hmm. of the multitudes was a miracle of generosity. Right. They and sharing of gifts. Whereas bread, like yeah. when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, like kind of hard to you know he's really good at hide and seek (laughs) (laughs) you know he was in a coma and jesus knew exactly what spice he needed or you know you know what i mean like so it's i think it's difficult to take the bible as a whole and Mm -hmm. try to really wash it down to such a singular statement when it's i mean it's complex it's a complex book and so um what i find most interesting about this this is the one they they kind of trace their their findings over the last like over the last eight years, mm-hmm. every two years. And um, the big difference is the gap in the middle shrinks over that time. So okay. it's it's more certainty on either oh, side okay. of that, that statement than a willingness to say, like, I'm not quite sure. And I think that is the most interesting part of this. So the people who are saying, I'm not sure, or I'm neutral. And it's neutral, about 50-50. So on either side. Yeah. Got it. So the people who are saying, I'm not sure, I'm neutral, are smaller and smaller. Yeah. That's so more, more and more people are saying, I believe this, I believe this. Yes. Yeah, on one side of the Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So more, uh, greater polarization, I guess. You know, yeah. So. No. yeah. Got so. evidence to that. Yeah. All right. I think State of Theology should call us for their next poll. I bet they won't. <laughs> uh, gender identity. Is a matter of choice. I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I'm not even 100 percent sure how I would answer this question yeah. because I think it's a just such a loaded. Some of their some of their statements are real bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I know what I think about gender identity, but I'm not sure how to like express that within the context of this quote. I, I sure. Because I would say m- probably the majority of our you know, trans brothers and sisters might even say no to that right. statement. It's not a matter of choice. I'm not choosing to right. be trans right i am like but they would say yeah. no it's not a matter of choice because w- um, they being state of theology would say it's not a matter of choice because whatever you were, were yeah. born is like that's what you are yeah and so yeah. like both of us are saying it's not a matter of choice but we're coming to very, very different, different conclusions reasons. and so sure. I, i'm not sure how to yeah address yeah. this move on next because <laughs> andrew do you have any thoughts on this one uh <laughs> i do <laughs> sure sure yeah. Maybe more than we can fit in this podcast. Um, we we did a, a two part uh, episode on um, on trans Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, so be- definitely see back to that for our real it's thoughts. Beyond Sunday Podcast dot com. You yeah, can find yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> episode something. Yeah. So we. I think, uh, I think it was in the hundreds. Episode hundred something. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yes. Yeah. It's a long time ago. It was, it was a while ago. Um, but that we definitely expanded on this idea yeah. far much more. We you know can acknowledge our own wrestling with um, mm-hmm. you know some complexities here. What that looks like for us individually. How we have grown and changed. But uh, you know I think this one is definitely the statement is just a weird awful statement. But yeah. yeah. All right. Next. But uh. 42% agree. Mm. There you go. So, 
Next. Uh, the Bible's condemnation of homosexual be- behavior does not apply today. Dot, dot, Another con- loaded one. The Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior. So, uh, first, we're saying that the Bible condemns homosexual behavior. Sure. Yep. Which, all right, already kind of rejecting the premise, but all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess if that's the premise that we're going with, then I would say... I can't even get myself around because I, I don't, I don't think the Bible condemns homosexual behavior as we understand homosexuality to exist in our world today. Sure. All right. The the, the, the word the, didn't even exist in the Bible pre like nineteen sixty something. Yeah, well, because the word didn't exist in the English language pre nineteen sixty something, right? Like that's when it started being used, and so there were other words that were used to describe the behavior that's happening in Scripture, and then we read back in and said, oh, what they actually mean is this thing that we now call homosexuality, and our understanding of homosexuality and homosexual relationships and same gender marriage and love and all this stuff is radically different than the experiences that are being addressed in scripture. I'm not saying it didn't happen in the Mm -hmm. ancient world, but it's different than what's being addressed in Mm -hmm. scripture. And all the evidence that we have points to the situations being addressed in scripture are situations of power dynamics and uh, forced prostitution and potentially pedophilia and all these other things that are are happening in which... The, a love between two people who happen to be the same gender is not what's being addressed by scripture. So mm-hmm. again, I don't know how to address their question, but I think they're going to like, they're going to say the same thing that I say, but also we're going to come to very different conclusions. I think it's what's going to happen. Oh, they're going to say, yeah, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, right. But I also, yeah. I also disagree. Sure. But we disagree for very different reasons. I think, I don't, I don't remember how they said it for sure. Yeah, uh, anyway. you know, the, the, the biblical authors know no connotation for homosexuals' orientation, right? As we describe, yeah, as we understand, There's no knowledge of this. It's an impossibility for their world to comprehend. Even those that are living in, you know, not in this religious sect in Israel, but Paul, mm-hmm. who is living in Rome, Rome has no concept of this. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't understand it. You know, they have different understandings of homosexuality and what that looks like and it's not always great so yeah, yeah. like it's not like uh the romans were getting it right mm. and those 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 uh those jewish converts to christianity were uh sticks in the mud yeah rome had no it was just as you know messed up or their understanding as anybody else uh again this one you see the gap in the middle close over time mm. um so that so more and more people are becoming hardlined yeah. more and more people are becoming hardlined um if you're like, what are the big issues in the Bible? And you read the Bible, you would not walk away with being like, homosexuality. Yeah, that's, that's the one that matters. That's a biggie. Yeah. It's it's truly barely mentioned at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in, you want to read it in the most like conservative way possible, with the most conservative translation, it's, it's couple, barely times, yeah. mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're talking single digits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Versus how, how often Jesus talks about money. Money, mm-hmm. divorce, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how we treat widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. Huge themes. Strangers, aliens, strangers. Our these land. are yeah. much bigger. These are giant in the Bible. Yeah. Homosexuality, it's, it's nothing. It's a, yeah. no, it's, it's a non-issue, you know, uh, truly across the across the, uh, the scripture. Yep. But for American Christianity, it's a giant issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not the culture war that I think... Uh, Christian, that evangel- evangelical Christians should be fighting, yeah. if I'm being honest. But thank you. Cassandra, you have any thoughts? No. <laughs> Y'all covered it all. <laughs> Sorry, we'll stop talking. This no, it's okay. Okay. Uh, God accepts the worship of all religions, including oh. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 
David's looking at me because I was talking about this question earlier. I was actually looking at you so that I didn't talk first. Go Go nuts. Yeah, I think that this is a really interesting one, right? Especially in naming Christianity, Judaism, and Islam specifically, right? (laughs) Like we're all we're in the all religions, (laughs) right? Yeah, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna name all the you know we're gonna name the big three. um, Big three in the West. I mean, Judaism is the three that worship Yahweh. Yeah. Right. Judaism by number is incredibly small. Yeah. It should not be a major world religion by number. But it's the Abraham or it's one of the three yeah. Abrahamic faiths. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I think this question is interesting in that God accepts the worship, right? Because if we believe, right, yeah. that all of us are worshiping the God of Abraham, mm-hmm. then in my sense, God does accept the worship of all. Right. And well, I guess the question would be, what does accepting their worship mean? Sure. Right. Because Christians would, would, you know, most Christians would say, well, you know, if you don't profess Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you could worship God all you want, but you're not going to heaven. Right. Because you're not acknowledging. Because you're not acknowledging God. Yeah, God's uh, son. And, and flesh. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's the old covenant, new covenant thing that we were alluding to earlier yeah. on. Right. And yeah. So, I mean, each of those groups are going to say, Yes, God accepts our worship. The question is, do we think that God accepts the worship of the other groups? Yeah. What does it even mean to ex- yeah. to accept? That's such a, to me, that's such a, oh, passive is not the right word. Uh, th- to me, there's a lack of relationship. Like, or or it, um, that to me is a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, like yeah. I am paying God, you know, my affection and I am yeah. receiving, which uh, I don't know. But the, I, I guess there is a transactional nature to our relationship, but like, should that be like, should our driving force of worship be like, we have to p- praise God in order to, you know, retain our seat in heaven? I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, th- I think that's why this, this question is interesting to me, accepts like, I don't know. I think it would be like, you know, God delights in our worship. God is pleased by our worship. Accepts is a strange word to me. Well, but from an evangelical perspective, that transactional nature of worship that you just described is exactly what they think. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, that uh, sure. is not con- condemnation. This is just, that's their theology of like, sure. yeah, I come and I give God worship so that God sees me as righteous and gives me what I need. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, th- there is a transactional nature to that. There isn't, there is an obligation uh, to worship God and be a part of the community. Right. That's all part of that understanding. So like, I think what you're describing is right. But I also think they would think like, yeah, of course it is, like, sure. because that's their understanding. It's just not our understanding of mm-hmm. how worship exists or how we enter into that. Yeah, um, this is a weird one because this is a lot of, um, according to their data, mm-hmm. we have some major swings between the years. Oh, okay, two thousand sixteen. Means that it's probably terrible data. Yeah, forty six percent agree. Two thousand eighteen, fifty one percent agree, and then we have a major drop down to forty two percent agree. Then a major jump up to fifty-six percent agree. So, and these okay. are evangelicals. So we have some—it's a zigzag pattern, kind of yeah. up and down of like, do we agree or disagree with this statement? And you said this is over the last eight years. This is from two thousand sixteen. Every two years. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, every two years. Okay. Yeah. So 16, 18, 20, 22. Um, yeah, this is an interesting question, um, and I think this kind of comes down to like, how do we view, you know, how Jesus operates within other world religions and i think that's a it's a it's a question that matters you yeah. know and i think you can come at this a couple ways right like you can definitely say either we have kind of this um analogy of a mountaintop where all these different world religions are different paths up mm. the same mountaintop yeah or you can come at it through um jesus or maybe a doorway where jesus is the doorway but he can let anybody in he wants you know sure. kind of a thing through that doorway and he could say you know what 
all these other religions, uh, even if they were not worshiping me, uh, they can still come in through yeah. this doorway. Right. Uh, so that kind of changes how you view the statement, right? Like, well, one, you're saying like it all makes sense through Jesus. Yeah. And the other way you're saying they all make sense because each of them is making sense on its own in a, in a way. Yeah. Does that, does that, do you catch that? Yeah. This is the That's universalism versus universal salvation debate that we've talked about before. Yeah. That, that universalism would be the all paths lead to the top of the mountain and universal yeah. salvation would be that all the world is going to be saved, but it's going to be through the work of Jesus. We just don't understand how it's going to happen. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I personally I am closer to the everything is going through the lens of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes there, that's how I'm I I interpret that much much closer. So, does God you know accept Islam or Hinduism or um, Buddhism? Buddhism, or, mm-hmm. you know, these things. I, I'd say through Jesus, you know, maybe I don't know, like yeah. I, I'm not I can't you know say. Yes, but I can also yeah. don't think I could say no. Mm. But I do think Jesus is going to let in a lot more people than I think w- than most Christians would think are going to let yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's the universal hope that we've uh, talked yeah. about on the podcast before yeah. too, right? That we can't necessarily say with certainty um, that Jesus is going to let everybody in, but our hope is that God is merciful enough that God will yeah. not stop until all of creation can be redeemed. Yeah, that's the universal hope. And all of creation includes my enemies, which is hard because mm-hmm. yeah. there are some enemies I don't want to be redeemed. There, there are plenty of enemies within Christendom. I thought he was <laughs> going to say within this room. I was like, come on, man. That's <laughs> that, that I find much more offensive and much more difficult yeah. than mm-hmm. uh, enemies within other faiths. Sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Oh, I disagree. Not a great teacher. Have <laughs> <laughs> you listened to his, po- or his podcast? It's terrible. Yeah. He didn't even have a whiteboard. <laughs> um, yeah, this we see in evangelicalism, even over the last two years, a major rise in agree with that statement. Uh, an increase of 13%. Hmm. Wow. I Agreeing mean, that he was not God. Not God. Interesting. Wait, what? So in for the last two years... 13% more agree that he is not God. Wow. In evangelicalism. In evangelicalism. That It seems to me like there's not a whole lot that I should agree with evangelicals on, but the fact that Jesus was God incarnate should be one of the things that we agree on. Like, <laughs> If we are professing anything resembling Christianity... Mm-hmm. It's kind of rooted in the idea that God was or that Jesus was God in human form. Like if you, if you don't sure. hold on to that then I don't think you're professing Christianity. I'm like, with you. <laughs> yeah. That's not true, but the, these handful of verses about homosexuality, that definitely that's true. Right. That's, <laughs> not, that's in. Like, uh, I think this is, you know, my, how I might take away from this is I think evangelicalism has kind of come to being maybe something relatively similar to like Judaism. Yeah. And that it is two things at once when we mm. talk about it is both a religious faith and, cultural. and, a, and a cultural yeah. identity. Mm-hmm. And you could be culturally identify as a, as a Jew and a very little faith mm. sure. attached mm-hmm. to it. And evangelicalism now in America, I think has that same, this is my cultural identity. Even if I have no actual belief in the system itself because of mm. its political and mm. cultural influence, it's become like I've attached myself to those things. So there are plenty of evangelicals out there who are, I'm an evangelical and I never go to church and I never read the Bible and I never think about Christianity at all. 
except when I see it as like kind of a weapon against, you know, in the culture war. That's interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. so that's okay. why you could walk away and be like, yeah, I'm an evangelical, but is Jesus God? No, because it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's my personal thought. Yeah. That's, an, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. The comparison to Judaism certainly makes sense. As I, yeah, I'm going to have to think about that some more. Because uh, with Judaism, right, there's like all these cultural practices that go along mm-hmm. with being Jewish, right? Even if you're not a practicing Jew, you probably still celebrate Passover as a family. You maybe ha- like kind of like being culturally sure. Christian that you celebrate Christmas, even if you don't understand yeah. the birth of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not necessarily that same kind of cultural element to being defined as an evangelical that I see. But I hear I hear what you're saying, that there are people who see it as a, as a, a political or otherwise gain uh, to do that. I'm thinking about our church calendar yeah. and our liturgy throughout the year. Yeah. And wondering about, I mean, I guess that doesn't happen in a lot of evangelical spaces, but like, what does that mean? The liturgical space? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like aside from Christmas and Easter, right? Like, yeah. Is the season of May- Lent something maybe that Lent happens? Maybe Holy Week. You yeah. know, but yeah. like Advent and things like that, right? Yeah. Like what does, what does our calendar year look like when we remove an understanding that jesus is god right because uh, advent i mean is all about pointing us towards Mm -hmm. like the birth Mm -hmm. of god incarnate and so there are seasons in our calendar that are pointing us to these like monumental events in our faith and so I'm, i'm wondering about you know once you what what does the year look like and maybe this is irrelevant because you're if you're not going to church every week then it doesn't matter but yeah. I'm, you know i'm thinking about you know if i'm sitting in a giant auditorium of people on listening to a preacher preach on a topic that yeah. you know is outside of our uh you know the lectionary that we use in our in our church and sure. in the catholic church and things or, like I that mean, and you can be going to a congregation that's espousing prosperity gospel right uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, lakewood church here in houston kind of famously doesn't have a cross or anything like that they just have a big globe i think kind of at the front of their space uh and so you can be going to that congregation here every week jesus wants to bless you that Jesus doesn't have to be God to do that, right? Yeah. Like you don't, ha- and so you can, and they would definitely line up with a evangelical as like they would identify as an evangelical sure. congregation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that's a that's a helpful point. And that like when we remove that imagery, that uh, centrality of certain liturgical pieces, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, the liturgical calendar does not mean much to non-liturgical churches. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it should. <laughs> But I mean, like, I I don't know. I think about, you know, kids and and even folks who come to church, you know, once a month or or Mm -hmm. twice a month or something like Mm. our seasons orient us towards who God is. And so um, it certainly has its restrictions and has its limitations. Right. And there are certainly failings within the revised common lectionary. But I think it also can be life giving for at least holding on to some core theology. Like Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If nothing else. (laughs) It might not let us sing Christmas music when Patrick wants to sing Christmas music, but it does remind us that Jesus is God. So. <laughs> I, I think uh, if we go into your average Baptist, yeah. Pentecostal, or non-denominational church, you know, the big three that make up evangelicalism, mm-hmm. I bet if you're going to the worship, they're saying Jesus is God. You know, the vast majority are saying that. Yeah. For me, it's the Christians out there who identify with those things but never go to church at all mm-hmm. are saying, I don't think Jesus is God. That could be. I, yeah. I, I, you know, like if you, you know, the... The evangelicals are the one that pump out CCM, contemporary Christian music. They pump out Lakeway bookstores. They're all pointing mm-hmm. to Jesus as God. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it, it's not a mis. They're not like, well, maybe. You know, like it's yeah. very clear. Yeah. Their theology is that. Sure. I don't think, I just don't think that their membership, that they maybe are 
Christmas and Easter Christians. Well, maybe that. they should spend more time preaching about Jesus as God and less time preaching about the four verses about homosexuality. So <laughs> that would be an option to us. <laughs> Oh, you know, you're- I think it would be interesting. I know that you can do a lot of research with demographics and all sorts of stuff. I would be curious to see how some of these responses play out. If it's, you know, if these changes, you know, is it kind of younger generations mm, that yeah. are that are saying, you know, Jesus wasn't God? Is it is it, you know, more sort of, uh, you know, racially, you know, different? Is it mm-hmm. because of social class? I mean, what is the if there are any, what is yeah. the driving okay, factor sure. behind some of these changes? Yeah. Well, like there, there, again, play people in our world who think Jesus is not God. Very few of them identify as Christian. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that's a, that's that, the mystery piece. The, the people who, yeah. yeah. It seems like those two go hand in hand, yeah. you know, like, yeah. So, all right. Uh, uh, that's it. I mean, there's, there's a few more things, but I don't think we need to get into that. Okay. So that's well, the state, fun. Of, state of theology dot, or state of theology dot com. Yeah. Maybe you know? don't go there. Maybe just listen to this. Yeah. Think about it for yourself. Yeah. Great yeah. talk, guys. Yeah. Anything that uh, you are taking away is like a, a big learning from today? Yeah. One thing I learned today is that Cassandra deletes all our old texts to her. <laughs> yeah. I more meant like the things, <laughs> oh we, le- things we learned in the podcast. <laughs> Throw me under the bus throughout this podcast episode. Yeah. Our messages do not matter enough to be in yeah. the top tier of saved messages for right. Cassandra. Oh, I just no. delete, uh, no, she just deleted the website that she had open like, I, for two seconds. I did. Already, yes. I have to keep and, it Oh, my clean. God. And she just cleared I out all to, of her apps. Oh, I know. <laughs> I do it subconsciously. You're like, I don't I'm need this set. text thread anymore, even though we text each other fairly regularly. Yeah, at least delete, once a week. Delete, it, delete, it, delete, what, the next time you'll text me, it'll pop up on my phone. Yeah, again, but not with all the stuff that we've already sent you, which is why we then had to resend you stuff. You want to get it in context, you know, right? My jokes play best in context, all right? You can't just take my, anyway. Y'all think you're so important. You're just cherry picking the Bible verses and our texts. That's right. Eliminating context. Yeah, which piece of the Bible are you just swiping left on and erasing Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, don't you swipe left to delete the uh, the text message? Don't you swipe left? Or do you, what do you swipe on Tinder, left or right? Uh, yeah, I don't, that's I don't know. <laughs> I've never been on that. I, that's <laughs> where my mind went with the reference, uh, not with oh, the sure, that's fair. Yeah. deleting messages. Yeah. So. I don't know which way is the good way either. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It depends on yeah. the app is what I've heard. That's even worse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It should be one. Yeah, right? and some it's This should be universal. No, this, yeah. should, this should be universal. You don't want to get that one wrong. <laughs> you don't want to be like forgetting which app you're in and swiping the wrong direction. You want That should be a standardized. <laughs> President Biden, if you're looking for something to do, <laughs> standardize, standardize the dating, dating app seems swipes. He has his finger on the pulse of, <laughs> <laughs> of dating apps. <laughs> All right. Well, like him or dislike him, I don't think President <laughs> Biden has ever thought about a dating app in his life. <laughs> that seems reasonable. <laughs> Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, you can uh, find all of our episodes at BeyondSundayPodcast.com where you'll find our episodes where we talked about homosexuality and we talked about transgender issues and we've talked about the Bible and a lot of the state of theology things that we talked about here. We've given you uh, full episodes of our take, and so we'd love for you to go back and give those a listen uh, and send us your thoughts on cricket-flavored ice cream at Podcast at gmail.com. Actually, then again, no. Just give us your favorite type of ice cream that's normal. Don't give us cricket. I don't care what you think about cricket-flavored ice cream. Give I know what people cream. think about cricket-flavored ice cream. It's gross. It's gross. That's what people think. <laughs> Nobody's out there like, mm. yeah. it's but edible. I'm going to go but find it, me some crickets in the backyard. <laughs> if you if you have a favorite ice cream or a favorite local ice cream, feel free to send us some here at Beyond Sunday. We'll be glad to test taste uh, any ice creams that get sent to us uh, Ooh, here I on I want to come back for that episode. Yeah, yeah. we'll bring you back. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.